any teens? Listen up. This is Beth from the podcast Totes Recall, and the show is about to start in a few seconds, so just cool it, okay? Because I just have to tell you some information before we get started. Here it is. We just launched our online store, which means that if you head to totesrecall.com slash merch, you can see right now that you can purchase a Cool It Teens t-shirt as well as a bunch of other fun stuff. So why don't you head to that website, totesrecall.com slash merch, and read what that t-shirt says and cool it. All right, now it's time for the show. Um, um, Welcome to Toads Recall, the podcast where we talk about a movie we can't remember very well and or at all. We then watch that movie and now we come back after we've watched the movie. Now we've seen the movie for sure. And we talk again, see how the movie has changed, how we've changed, how society has changed, what changes have happened. That's what we talk about. My name is Dan. This is Molly. I'm also Dan. And I'm and Beth. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dan, how many years has it been? How? Not enough. Dare you? Wow. Our movie this episode is High Fidelity, and I'm leaving because I'm bad at the podcast now. <laughs> no, it's fair because I've not seen High Fidelity, so yeah, um, I, I don't get to be it. introduced on the podcast. Wow, is that the rule now? <laughs> yeah. No one gets to tough, know who you are. It's a tough year we're having, <laughs> and there's tough rules for tough years. <laughs> um, that is true. Beth, you have not seen this movie. I would propose that we continue uh, Rookie of the Year segment, <laughs> Pepsi Cola and or REI presents 60-second mm-hmm. pre-summary betting event okay, yeah. name still undecided. So what is what it. is happening? This is where uh, those who have not seen the movie take 60 seconds right. to attempt to summarize it. I got mm-hmm. you. All right. Beth, are you ready? Yes. And go. Okay. John Cusack is in it. Um, I realized this morning that this is not Say Anything, which is also a movie I've never seen. So I thought this was the movie with the boombox, but I think that's Say Anything. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know for sure. But I know it. there's music involved. Um, I think maybe he works at a record store or a radio station and probably like has a crush on a girl and tries to woo her through 30 music. seconds. Um, and she's like, no. And then... Then she, he woos her through music, <laughs> and they fall in love at the end, and kiss. Um, there's probably some dumb friends, okay, that also work at the record store and/or radio station. Ten seconds, and they also have a B storyline. I <laughs> 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 really don't know anything about this movie. Time, time, time. Ah, okay. That's not bad. Honestly. Not bad. That's very good. That's not bad. <laughs> okay. Um, and your summary made me realize that I'm already confusing this movie with another John Cusack movie. What? I think. Or it's all the same, but I don't think it is. Because there's a John Cusack movie that also has Joan Cusack, which is like amazing. That's a lot of them. Yeah. I um, don't, doesn't that happen more than once? 
It does, but I love it. It's just a great thing. Who's going to argue with Joan Cusack? I'm Is not. it Cusack or Cusack? I oh, think Cusack. 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 Oh. That seems right. Well, I don't know. Anyway, they're in it. But in my memory, there's that version, and there's like Mini Driver, and basically... Gross Point Blank. Co- gross yes. Point Blank. You're thinking of I've Gross Point Blank. That blank. Yeah, I've That's seen that the one, one where he's like a killer too? Yep. No. She yes. works at a radio station. Okay, so this is yep. the one where John Cusack works at a record store yep. and talks pretty fast <laughs> and has... That's probably true. Is this one where he has relationship troubles and they kind of have makeup sex after her dad's funeral? <gasps> wow. Does that yeah. seem right? That's a very yeah. specific well, bet. I'm going to be yeah. bold. I agree. Very I, specific bet. Ooh, I wife, remember this I movie quite yeah. well. I own this on digital video disc, Ooh. and I also own Gross Point Blank on digital video disc. I believe I got both of these. Package deal? Long-time totes have remember. I did a lot of math at one point in my life and subscribed to the Columbia DVD <laughs> uh, uh, mail order club because I've you get, look, you get 10 discs for one penny each, but then you have to say subscribe for like $10 a month, but mm-hmm. it comes out to be like an okay price if you cancel as soon as you can. But I think this, along with The Matrix, that's the episode. Check the tapes. <laughs> um, I got a DVD because I loved him so much. I loved John Cusack at that point in my life, which is probably like 20. He really spoke to me as like a angsty, mm-hmm. an angsty white dude who thought he was pretty smart mm-hmm. <laughs> and was like, seemed nice, but like, was like maybe kind of an asshole sometimes. Yeah. But didn't think he was. Mm. Yeah. This movie is very much one of those like, uh, it is a movie both of its time, but maybe could easily be made again without the show. In fact, it was made again into a TV show starring yeah. somebody. Zoe, Zoe Kravitz. Kravitz. I did yes. not see the show. My wife did. She said it was pretty good. I don't know if anyone else in the world liked it because I don't know if it's continuing. But uh, yeah, I remember also being very charmed in the way that Dan is describing where not so much charmed it's just like yeah I can relate with being a disaffected white dude who has opinions <laughs> yeah um this movie also uh introduced me to the manic joy of Jack Black that might have been true of most of America oh, yeah. I'm not sure yeah yep uh, I'd never seen him before I feel like this was like his big break in terms of like not just being in random I don't know. I think sometimes he'd just show up in other things, but this was, I think, his big introduction to a, the world as Ooh. like, hey, there's that funny chubby dude who just like has the energy of a child. Yeah. 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 What I think I remember really enjoying about this movie is how it captures that dynamic of how I feel when I walk into a comic book store or a record store where I know immediately that I know about 1% of the people who work there. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you mean? Like you just actually like, know them? No. What? No. I think she like, meant she knows 1% as much oh, as they know. Okay. As they know. know about whatever genre that yeah. is. Okay. I understand. And so when you walk in and you're like, I just want a record, you're just like basically like a babe in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are to be either encouraged or manipulated or dismissed based on the person's whim. And sometimes you have like the grumpy version and sometimes you have the helpful version. It's like really excited to get you into music. Um, and sometimes it's not so much. And he really, 
the the scene I remember is where he's like, "Listen, I'm going to sell three of these records right now," the and beta he plays some. What the beta band? The beta band, yeah. Beta bets. band. That is the beta band. Nice. Great. Um, but yeah, that's one of my distinct memories. But I think for me, it captures that sense of like walking into a space that is not your own, that is so fully habitated by the people who work there mm-hmm. and the culture they have as a family that you are only ever an outsider. Yeah. And so maybe you get to feel like an insider for a little while during and I, the movie. I appreciate, if I remember this movie correctly, I appreciate that the movie does not necessarily... I like. I feel like movies like this can sometimes take just like you know like any kind of like workplace sort of comedy like that it can be very much like it's written as if like those people are just like by default the heroes of the story right because it usually is just like oh we're stuck at this dumb job and it's just like a day in the life of the job and it's always just like anyone who comes inside is an idiot and is (laughs) dumb and you should sympathize with you know whoever the main characters are but i feel like this movie does a good job of like showing enough of John Cusack as a human being that like, Oh, he's actually kind of a damaged dude. And like, he's not like, they're not necessarily like, I don't know. I appreciate that. It like points out like, Oh, they're kind of just being assholes to their customers for no good reason. Just because like, yeah, it's that same thing where they just know too much about this one thing. So it's like taken over their identity. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like that moment where, you know, you get his side of the story for Mm -hmm. the, for the breakup and then you get the rest of it and you're like wow dude yeah dude you are definitely not the hero in the story wait so they break up there's a breakup at the beginning yeah he so and his wife are having troubles right his wife are they married they're not they're not i think that's the conflict they're in a they're oh. in kind of a shit or get off the pot moment oh he's like he, in oh, that's the fidelity part mode. yeah and he i get it gets off the pot if, <laughs> if i know how that <laughs> Metaphor tracks. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, so the structure of the movie is like long-term girlfriend, they break up, and then he has to, then he's like really reevaluating himself, how he operates in relationships and goes back through his top five breakups. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of top fives in this movie. That's oh. like yep. the gimmick of it. It was a lot of talking yeah. to the camera. Um, and then that leads him, I won't spoil the end, what happens? Does he get back together? Molly Ooh. said they have makeup sex. What does that mean? Right. <laughs> well, you can have makeup sex and still break up again. Yeah, right. I'm saying it's that's a fact. for sure. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of the structure of it. It's, it's really him just being an angsty dude. Yeah, this is a uh, Nick Hornby novel adapted that's into true. a film. Nick Hornby, the perhaps like 2000s, early 2000s royalty of like quirky angsty dude stories yeah. so uh yeah, but this takes place in chicago hey, chicago. Chicago. chicago i read the novel i think the original novel takes place in london london town, town. Oh, all, right. all right all right oh, i'm listening to this band that was probably relevant to Late 90s, early 2000s, London culture. London town, we love the Beatles, (laughs) don't we? What's that? London calling? Oh, Oh, hello. Clash Clash town. It's me, (laughs) the Clash town. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now we're back in Chicago, the blues. Chicago. And Wilco, everybody loves Wilco. This movie might be pre-Wilco. Is anything pre Oh, what year did it come out? Ooh, great oh, question. Oh, great cue. Ooh, sad. Mm. Wow. 
Wow. Great Cusack. Is it a 90s movie? I don't even know. <laughs> I'm going to say 90. I'm going to say 99. I'm going to say. I'm say t- 97. 2000. 2004. Ooh, wow. spicy. A spicy so bet. Spicy. <laughs> was that Molly said 2004? Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, you said Initially. spicy bet. Not bet. Initially. <laughs> no, I wrote it down. <laughs> he wrote it down. He's. It's in his top four year bets for the podcast. Okay. Um, Jaquette's bet, he wears a silk shirt that Ooh. is not going to hold up to <laughs> 2021 style eyes. Okay, <laughs> the style doesn't hold up. I love it. Yeah, it's not going to be like offensive. <laughs> no, it's just be like not a good shirt, bro. Yeah, okay. Chicago style man- style manual. Right. Yeah, that's Chicago silk. Uh, okay. Who's the okay? Who plays his love interest? I don't remember. I don't know, but I think she's was she in some kind of wonderful Scandinavian? Whoa! Oh, never mind. Ooh, dance bet. All of we will recognize. All of John Cusack's former loves. Wow. Uh, different degrees of fame. Yeah, oh. one might be. Uh, but I bet by oh now, no. I think we always. I only want to call her Laser Butts. What? Oh. What? <laughs> What's her name? What? I yeah. want to understand what this means. Yes, yes, you are correct. One of them is Laser Butts. <laughs> laser Butts. Yeah. Um, there's a <laughs> movie that I refer to as Laser Butts, uh, but I believe it's called Entrapment. And has Sean Connery and Laser Butts. Come on, Laser butts. you can do it. Michael Martin. Are Michael we, Douglas's are we? wife. Catherine Zeta Jones. Hey, that's the one. There you go, wow. buddy. Wow. Teamwork. Teamwork. Patriarchy. Sorry, Ooh. Catherine Zeta Jones. I believe she is uh, Charlie, the most painful breakup of his okay, so life. Sorry. You called mm. Catherine Zeta-Jones laser butts? Yeah. You're obviously not a dude who has seen Entrapment. I haven't <laughs> seen Entrapment. Someone I just... attracted to women who has seen Entrapment. She slides under a laser, a fake laser, I think. I think it's a yarn. What? She slides under I've yarn. I've never seen this movie. I've only heard you talk about this before. That's the only reason I knew <laughs> who you were talking about. <laughs> he only knows it because you know it. Wow. <laughs> Dan. Um, yeah. Hey, all men are creeps to a degree. Here it's a DVD's moment. I mean, it's a DVD's moment. It's definitely it's a, a DVD's moment. moment. Yeah. Okay, so she goes through a bunch of lasers and stuff. She slides under a laser. And she's wearing and like way- a tight black. Yeah, you know okay, how yeah. movies work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How movies work. Okay. Yeah. And so it's not, her, it's not is it that her butt triggers the laser? Cause no, it's she's so, so good at it that she actually she can manages move to her like butt. move her butt. Then why is why is? Because the butt goes under the laser. The entirety of the shot. Because the entirety of the shot that they chose to put into the film is just her butt and lasers. <laughs> That's the whole frame. I yeah. see. Okay, I get it now. Yeah. It's upsetting, but I get it. <laughs> it is upsetting. <laughs> yeah. You should be upset about it. That's the yeah. patriarchy of filmmaking. Exactly. I, yeah. I, it's not my fault. It's Phil's yes. fault. What? Don't Dan. blame Dan. Don't blame Bus for. <laughs> I'm blaming both of you, Dan. Why? We're just acknowledging a, a, a cinematic shot that was chosen probably by a male director. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely also, by a male director. Mm-hmm. Also, I that we just decided let, to perpetuate. Yeah. I can't let Michael Douglas uh, <laughs> buy without bringing up that. Go ahead. He blamed his. Throat cancer yep. on going down on Kathy Zeta Jones too much. 
What? Yeah, that is a real thing. That's a real thing. Look it up. It's the wildest Hollywood fact there is. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Wild Hollywood Facts with Dan Jaquette. Anyway, this is the movie High Fidelity. Yep. It features Catherine Zeta-Jones, respected actor who is more than just her posterior. Absolutely. Hey, I'll say she crushes. I I will also double down that she crushes in this movie as the coolest person that he's ever dated and that's why it's yep. so devastating yeah uh do we think it'll pass the bechdel wallace i Ooh. think it might because i think john it doesn't joan cusack play either john cusack's sister or his best friend isn't that gross point blank though is it in Gross Point Blank, she is the secretary, I believe. Oh. But I think in High Fidelity, he gets called out, right? Because he leaves out all these details, and then to his best friend, she takes his side, and then she comes back later having heard his girlfriend's, ex-girlfriend's side, and is mm. super mad at him, and I always thought that was Joan Cusack. It probably is. I think it is, but that's still... So where is Joan what? Cusack talking to another woman in that? Well, presumably, I mean, that'll be the interesting thing is does it ever actually show them talking or does it show her talking about them talking? Well, and it I sounds like so. even if they were shown talking, they're just talking about John. Ugh, yeah. I'm still just out of like hope. I'm going to say it passes. I and bet probably just barely. That in one of the instances, there's like a woman that he talks to while he's dating another woman. And then mm. it turns out that she's one of the next girlfriends. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. Setting? That's fun. Okay. I but I don't think they talk I don't think they talk to each other about not him. Oh, so it still doesn't pass. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I do bet that they interact like there's a timeline kind of overlap between some girlfriends. Got it. That's a fun bet. I that like is it. a fun bet. Thank you. You're welcome. Um Jaquette's bet this movie is the first time I knew that Blonde on Blonde was a Bob Dylan album. Okay. I still don't know okay. that until just now when you said it. So <laughs> Jack Black goes, there's a little scene where he's talking to a patron and he goes, I can't believe you don't own Blonde on Blonde. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Great. And he's basically like educating this guy in music and also kind of scamming him into buying too much. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, like like uh, using those negs. Yeah. Like when, yeah, yeah, I had a friend who was a waitress who would like really purposely come around and say, uh, "Hey, can you handle another shot?" Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a sales technique mm-hmm. that I don't approve of. Yeah. <laughs> this movie that's maybe a pretty also... minute bet, Dan. Oh, it's I'm really sorry. getting okay. in the weeds. Let's end the show then. <laughs> What should we rate this movie, Molly? We're done digging bets. Wow. <laughs> Wait, can I bet one last thing? Yes. I support yes. making bets in the first okay. half of the show. <laughs> I bet it has like a good soundtrack, right? Yes. It has to have a good yeah. soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I love it. Who do you think saw it? Can you guess one of the uh, artists? What depe- uh, depends on the year, right? Okay, so if it's a 90s. Well, 99, Santana. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. Rob Thomas? If Smooth is on this soundtrack, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, it'll be so delightful just because it'll be just there. As soon as that guitar riff comes in. 
Oh, yeah. I will give it a standing ovation and five, <laughs> five whatever we decide the rating scale. Nice. Are. Uh, ooh, yeah. This because I feel like part of this movie was like one of those things where it's just like, hey, check out these bands you maybe haven't heard of because yeah. this is a record store movie. Yeah, I think uh, Bell and Sebastian is in this. Yes, I would agree with that. Beta band we've already said. Mm-hmm. Kinky Wizards is the name of the band in oh, yeah. the movie, but I don't think is it's that the one Jack band. Black is in. So no, is... he's in Catherine Turner. They're on the verge of being called Catherine Turner Overdrive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but something, something, something. Good, great, very minute bet. So this is pre Tenacious D. No, I think this, this is, is probably post. I think this okay. is all. I mean, Tenacious D is. Forever, like I think he, I feel like he was doing that in L.A. with the guy with Kyle Gass for like a way before he really got into big movies. And he was on Mr. Ah. Show, right? They were on Mr. Show, weren't they? I feel like I feel like at one point they did perform a song or help perform a song in a sketch on there. Timmy Robbs shows up in this movie because they all know oh, each other. Because yeah. I think Jack Black and Kyle were part of his like weird actors crew thingy that John Cusack might have also been a part of. Tim Robbins. Yeah, he's in a great. He think he's only in one scene and it's delightful. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Dan's bet. Delightful Timmy Robbs cameo. Yeah. The song "I'm Walking on Sunshine" is in this movie. Oh, cool. Uh, Unless I'm thinking of a different overly positive song that John Cusack gets annoyed by. Oh, okay. I was uh, like, that seems very out of place for what we've already named. <laughs> yeah. But there's a very delightful scene where Jack Black dances, and I think that's the song that he dances to. Oh, there's a Peter Frampton cover mm. in the in the movie by the singer who is played by... Someone from the Cosby Show. Well, this There's is White Hot. <laughs> is that broad enough for you, Molly? It's a White Hot bet. <laughs> yeah, I'm burning my hands on this bet. Yeah. Hey, well, well uh, <laughs> I think we should rate these movies based on what we think we'll rate it at the end, based on angsty Q sex. What? Okay. <laughs> What? Okay. I'm guessing <laughs> these are. I'm guessing these are sacks. These are sacks of some kind. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess the name was just they contain cues, but yeah, that could just be like a certain type of sack. I don't know. All right. I don't, <laughs> a sack of cues. For... Like the letter Q. Oh, like on Sesame Street. Or like, like a, a line of people. Yeah. Whoa. Well, what did what did your instinct tell you it was, Beth? The letter Q. Then it's cues. All right. Just like, uh, but not like in a political sense, not like, you know what, let's go with cues like you're in line. It can be the or letter Q. It can be like, like the cute little... you forgot your Q. can be like the cute little uh, plush letters on Sesame Street. Oh, okay. All right. Sesame Street cues uh-huh. in a sack, and they're angsty. Well, the sack is angsty. The cues are Well, oh, the sack is angsty. So we're going like yeah. full Muppet on this. Like the sack yeah. has a personality. The mm-hmm. cues are <laughs> have their yeah. own personalities. It's like the sack wouldn't normally be angsty, but they're just Full like not sure if carrying around cues is yeah. like what they should be doing. And I mean, so they're they got re-evaluating. the one point, right? Yeah. Listen, I almost made this angsty rangsty, and I decided <laughs> oh. on angsty cue sex. 
<laughs> wow. I love it. Dan, you seem very confused. Well, I just, I feel like I got in so much trouble for talking about laser butts, and now Molly has introduced all this sack talk, and it just doesn't seem fair <laughs> that she's not getting attacked. Yeah, yeah, it's, you're right. I mean, life isn't fair. That's yeah. just, hey, I'm a bit of an angsty Cusack right now. Yeah, you really are. <laughs> Top five times where Molly didn't get shit on when I got shit on. Yeah. Go. Oof, gosh. It's too many to you list. Know, right? your podcast. Um, Dan, how many uh, of these sacks are you going to rate uh, this movie, High Fidelity? Uh, I remember really enjoying this movie. I feel like the last time I watched it was probably in my, ooh, sometime in my 20s. So I was still like primed for just like an angsty dude talking about how hard it is to be a dude, but also like being cool and listening to stuff to have a personality. Um, I'm hoping that that is not just the nature of like the time I watched it and it actually holds up as a good movie. <laughs> Because uh, I feel like the movie follows a track where you're not just like, where sometimes we watch these movies and it's just like, oh, this guy is actually just an asshole. But in like the year that it came out, that was ex- an acceptable form of dude. I feel like this movie threads that line well enough where it like points out that he's an asshole, but also like actually like sits in it a little bit rather than just advocating for it. Uh, so I'm going to be give it a hopeful quad sack situation. Ooh. Four sacks. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter, Dan. These are Sesame Street yeah, Muppet these are, characters. These are Muppet sacks. Oh, they are fuzzy. Are. <laughs> they Stop. have fuzzy brown. Shut it down. Shut it down. They're hanging by down. strings. <laughs> Just flapping around. Just oh, stop it. You get keys. your mind out. What? Just get spilling keys all over the place. Sacks. There what? are all kinds of sacks. These are sacks full of cues. Sacks full of cues. How many really cues can you put in a lunch sack? Mm. How I mean, big are these cues? We don't yeah. know how big the cues yeah. are. We don't know. Four perfectly innocent sacks full of cues. <laughs> but they're angsty about it. Yeah. So maybe they're not so innocent. Mm. Hey, yes, they are. You hush. We don't know. Maybe they screwed over some girl like certain cue sacks might have. The sack might have, but not the cues. That's what I'm saying. I thought the sack was one that was angsty. Oh, it is. But the cues are innocent. Listen. Absolutely. The official stance of this podcast <laughs> is that the cues are innocent. <laughs> no. Oh, no. No. <laughs> this is terrible. Listen, is Dan and I, is, uh, clearly Dan and I are both, can, like, our mission is to make Molly regret this rating scale as much as possible <laughs> on as many layers as possible. Anyway, Beth, four. It's your turn to rate the movie that you've yeah. never seen. Uh. Everything that's been described to me sounds delightful. Oh, wow. Um, sounds like a movie that I would enjoy. and But I can tell already it's not going to be perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to say four. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hopeful four. I love okay. it. Great. Whew. I'm really wrestling with how much to sack up on this rating. Oh, God. Because ah. when this is the worst thing that's ever happened. No. It's not my scale. <laughs> Just trying it's to... your interpretation. You have to own that. Uh, because when I watched it, this would have been a five sack movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely he... at least five sacks in the movie. No question. Yeah. But 
I'm I'm worried now, like both the time it is now and where I am in my journey of emotional maturity, I won't have the patience for this guy anymore. Mm. In part because I don't have the patience for the guy I was 15 right. years ago. Kind wow. Um, so I, I guess I'm going to say two. Wow. And hope that it's better than that. But mm. I'm going to say two. Wow. That is really hedging against disappointment. Yeah. Where do you think you learned that from? <laughs> Who can say? Who can say? <laughs> Molly. I, I, you know what? I'm going to go with four angsty oh. Cusacks. Wow. And the reason is I'm feeling I want to go in hopeful. So that is the reason I'm going so high. Um, I am... I'm going to be interested to see whether I'm actually rooting for this couple to get back together or not. Ooh, oh, my yeah. gut tells me I'm going to be like, you know, you'd be better off without this dude. <laughs> um, but who knows? You know, anything can happen. And I have not seen this movie since I saw it in theaters when it first came out. So that's always a really delightful thing to see something and have all that kind of nostalgia. And who knows, maybe some of my mid-20s stuff will come up. In which, I don't know if that would affect the rating, but it might. Do you think you were on a date and or in the Soviet Union when you saw this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sadly, oh, date, maybe. Possible. You know what? When I find out what year it was, I'll be able to narrow it down. Nice. So look forward to that in the second half. Oh, I already am. Molly, let's go to American <laughs> music movie. Uh, very good music film, John Cusack. Oh, y'all. And with that, we're going to press pause, go watch High Fidelity, and we'll be right back. Um, um, uh, um, uh, hi, listeners. It's me, Dan, your mid-roll captain, here to tell you that Respect Listener Opinions Month is coming up in just Whoa. two short months. Whoa. Get strap on your respect shoes and prepare mm. to be respected. Because as is tradition in our May episode episode, <laughs> we'll be chosen by you, the listeners. Um, it's a very special time of year where we choose to respect you fully. And <laughs> But what that means is right now we need you to nominate movies you would like us to watch for the May episode. Um, We will be taking nominations now, as you're hearing this, through the end of March. So if you're listening to this late, too bad. Uh, And you can tweet at us, social media at us, anywhere uh, with the hashtag totesrespect with any movie you would like to be put into the running. And then starting on April 2nd, so that we don't normally do April 1st, but we don't want anybody to think we're joking. So <laughs> we do April 2nd. <laughs> uh, we will have a poll up that you can vote on uh, the movies that were nominated that we think would make good episodes or that we haven't already done because some people sometimes nominate movies we've already done. Do your homework <laughs> before you nominate. <laughs> and then you'll vote. And the winner will be watched by us for our May episode, and everyone will feel respected. But But most of all, the people who picked the movie that we ended up watching. Yeah. And I will say, 
if you uh, if you're like, well, this is disrespectful. I don't have any social media accounts. Mm-hmm. You can email us at hello at totesrecall.com and we will also get the nominations there. Absolutely. Or you can leave us a voicemail uh, at six one two eight a nine putadu. Okay, that wasn't even the right fake. I think that's even wrong for the wrong version. It's six one two a. 089 put a do and then erase the last four <laughs> digits you typed uh. remembering that you typed two t's <laughs> you can absolutely leave us a message there um my totes promise to you is if you do email it up i will reply with the link for the poll when it's up oh nice uh, i'd yeah. also like to remind everyone uh true totes heads will remember that any spelling of the word respect will be accepted Uh, if you just happen to just switch a few letters around on accident uh we'll we'll get what you're saying we'll pick up what you're putting down i misspelled respect a couple years ago and got dragged mercilessly so now (laughs) we can do it any way you please listen totes respect was my favorite (laughs) event of that year (laughs) so tweet at us now Vote on April 2nd and listen in May. And we're back. We just watched one hour and 54 minutes of a surprising amount of toxic masculinity, uh, some excellent music, and um, not a lot of romance. Well, there, yeah. That's my intro. I think you nailed it. <laughs> that's the intro to the second half, as <laughs> is tradition. And <laughs> our, our second tradition is an award-winning one um, that people ha- Which have Which word is that about. again? We just oh, have to... Uh, the, it's the Guinness and Award. Mm-hmm. They won all mm-hmm. that, that as well. And yeah, it is... They won the top five. Uh, yep. Uh, three times. <laughs> <laughs> 60 seconds. Three summary. years running. There you go. <laughs> for the last two years. And <laughs> it's 60 seconds summary, and we do it, and I will volunteer, but didn't I just do it? I think you did. So did not mm-hmm. me. Beth should do it. I like the before <laughs> and after. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's okay. great. Okay. Oh, right. You did the original one. Okay. Ready, yeah. Beth? Yes. And go. Film starts with a man breaking up with having had just broken up with a girlfriend and we find out that he likes music and he owns a record store and he's got two friends who work in the record store both of them are different from each other one is very Mm -hmm. loud and outgoing and one is very shy and quiet uh then he goes through a list of his top five well, this is out of order, but he goes through a list of his top five worst breakups, <laughs> and then you see a bunch of stuff, then his girlfriend's dad dies, <laughs> and they, they get back together, and it's all great, and that's the movie. Is it? <laughs> Jesus, you have 12 seconds left. I'm so bad at this. Um, Four. Three. Two. They're CDs. One. <laughs> They're CDs. <laughs> great. And that As is always, the summary. award winning. Yeah. That's a great segment. summary. I, I think we, we might add to that that uh, uh, during all of this, uh, John Cusack's character 
has some kind of character development, but not as much as you wish he did. Yep. I feel I like, like I didn't that. include that in the summary because I feel like he doesn't, he has maybe character development in the last like one minute. Mm, <laughs> fair. He's fair. like, now um, I get it. Kind yep. of. Like I'm starting to get it. It's really, it promises less than that, which I guess I do respect that they're like, he's like, I'm starting to get how other, how, first of all, women are human beings. Mm-hmm. 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 Not that he uses those words, but it's pretty clear it has not occurred to him in any real sense in a long time. Mm-hmm. At yeah. some point, oh, I forgot to add to Hot Topics, Dan, um, whether shit, or shit, not. Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> this is behind yeah, the scenes. Start recording over. <laughs> I got to know our secrets, Molly. Leave this in. Is it actually shocking that women own regular cotton underpants? I don't think he was saying it was shocking. Should we? Okay. Now, I don't know if we're supposed to talk about this now because you've you've brought it up on the recording or if I just put it down in my notes for us to come back to later. Both seem insane. This is chaos. This is complete chaos. But I feel like we should address it now. You can't as this is Chekhov's cotton underwear here, which I guess means we do get to it later. Right. That is. Uh, I mean, it means teaser. we've acknowledged it, and then we take care of it later. Teaser, yeah. underwear talk's coming, you yep. teens. Yes. <laughs> Before we get too much uh, into underwear talk, let's mm-hmm. compare uh, a pre- and post-game summary oh, right. from Beth. My first one was much better. <laughs> first one, much cleaner More, yeah. summary. <laughs> Maybe but cleaner we'll, is the right word. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, there was music. Yes, nailed it. Yep. John Cusack owned a radio station or a record store. Nailed it. Yes. Mm-hmm. He has a crush. Sure. Sort of. Sort I mean, of. Sure. Yeah. Partial credit. He woos her through music. True. Hundred no. percent. I mean, kind of, but that's not like what the movie is like about. It's not what the movie's about, but that is his mo. Sure. Over and over again. But he's not wooing the primary love interest through music. At the end, he is. That's true. At the end, he's still trying to woo through music. Well, he's trying to express himself through music, not woo. Yeah. He's got some wooing to do. He does actually doing something with his life. Right. Okay, but he's also expressing it to the movie watching audience by making her a mixtape. That okay. of music she will enjoy versus music that he's trying to send a message to, Partial but either credit. way, she get uh, Beth gets one hundred percent credit. I am the podcast judge. <laughs> All right. I think this has been established. Yeah, we have established this. <laughs> There's points Watch that matter counselor. that I, everyone's keeping track of. Yep. Um, he has success. Yes. He has what? Success in wooing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get. I don't know. Yeah. I feel. I guess. I mean. Yeah. I feel like ends on a on a positive outcome. Yeah, but well, we're already in disagreement about whether he's wooing present day through music. <laughs> if that's what we're talking about, oh, well, so. I mean, that's I'm how the movie, the movie ends. Right? He does have success, I guess. Yeah, they kiss. Probably there's kissing. Probably. There's kissing. <laughs> but there's no like. The kiss. The it's not kiss like they hadn't kissed before, right. and yeah. that was like their first kiss, yeah. right? Mm. Kind of moment. Yeah. yeah, and then there's dumb friends or coworkers, and they have a B storyline. Crushed. On that yeah. One. Yes. I'll give you double points. Ooh, double points. Wow. There was 
a B and a C storyline. Yeah. Oh, wow. Both oh, of them. Are. And then Molly bet that they would make up, have makeup sex in the rain, and that's also yep. true. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to underwear before it hangs <laughs> over our head for too long. It hangs on the thing, as on John Cusack so <laughs> yes. eloquently put it. Do Molly, you you're curious if men didn't know that women have cotton underwear? Is that true? I mean, the way it is presented in this movie, yes, that is true. And based not so much on my personal life experience, as much as with this movie, this character seems to take it as such a personal betrayal. And it comes up like two or three times. And it made me think maybe all this time I've taken for granted that people just know that you have like lots of, in the same way you'd have different shoe wear, footwear, Mm -hmm. or different types of jackets. You might have different types of underpants. Mm-hmm. Is that shocking? Well, I don't. I mean, he's not shocked. He's just sort of like he's no longer embracing the fantasy of it, right? Like he has his whole speech about like the fantasies that he's sort of realized he's been present in all the time that he's no longer trying to be present in. I don't know if it's shocking so much as like... The first time he describes it, he sounds like he was shocked. Like he was revealing something to the listening audience that they might not have already known. Well, I I mean... he is... I think he's he's shocked. He's coming to terms with with the realization that he's been living in his head for far too long with sort of idealized versions of everything that confine to a very discrete set of rules... Right, and he's like finally realizing that's not the real world, and the oh, you're giving him so much credit. You are talking about the end of the movie character, no, and I'm I saying at the, the beginning, I think and every time he makes it sound like women have been hiding that fact from him, like actively organizing and hiding it from him. Well, he sounds kind of sucks. He's a, he's yeah. A yeah. I think, I mean, it has to do with what you were saying, Molly, is that he, about, like, realizing that women are humans and not just, like, a thing to Mm. get and to, like, have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, that cotton underwear, I think, represents humanity. (laughs) I think, I mean, I think when he's talking (laughs) to the audience, like, you're getting, I mean, when you're talking to the audience, you're getting, like, sort of his... Like, it's essentially like a representative of like his thought process, right? So like, yes, in his mind, in his in his internal view, like it is, I guess, a shocking betrayal because like it is sort of like butting up against this very specific worldview that he's created for himself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, half of the movie he's adding caveats to his own monologue, right? So it's like right. whatever he says out loud, like, isn't necessarily just like a complete he's not firm in his beliefs on anything like that's part of his flaws right okay great you can defend him that sounds fine (laughs) okay this is gonna be a rough (laughs) second half if this is where we're starting from well we added to the hot topics which now everybody knows we have and they'll steal our podcast formula yep now that's it now all of our competitors are gonna have just as successful podcasts as we do trade secrets (laughs) no way to edit it out Wow. <laughs> so I guess I'll just go down the bullet points <laughs> instead of having conversation naturally flow. Organically 
weren't running through them, then Dan, I assume, quietly crossing them off the list as they come up in your head. I do. I put. I put and coming up marks. with the smoothest transition possible. Yes. In three, mm-hmm. two. Speaking of smooth transitions, I bet that his silk shirt would bother me. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, in terms of um, um, style yeah, well, change between '99, which is when uh-huh. the movie was released, or no, 2000. Ah. Sorry, 2000. Ah. Dan Linden nailed it. Um, Good job. And now, and yes, the shirt I was thinking of is the one he wears when he goes to see Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yep, Charlie, um, and it's like a, it's like a, what'd you call it? Like a like deep s- red, yeah, silk, like a burgundy almost. Burgundy yeah. is a good mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one stripey. I that I remembered and didn't like the most. But it's it's almost every shirt he wears. I'm like bummed out by. Was there? <laughs> Was there a particular quality of that shirt though that was like etched into your brain that you were like, "That's the shirt that bothers me"? I think it's I think it's like the silkness and the looseness of it mm-hmm. that you'd rather be like, one or the other. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, I get that style changes, but I don't like that shirt. It looks a little pajama, like a pajama top. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And also, all of his collars are too big. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I mean, that also big. is probably a, a, a yeah. There's something about silk, yeah, that I don't, I don't like most of the time. Is this your is this your milk is for children for no. textiles? He hates I don't think things I that rhyme with silk. Milk. Is, silk is for pajamas. <laughs> this is the stand you're taking, right? Well, since I know Molly loves underwear talk, I <laughs> briefly mm. wore Brief. silk underwear. Brief. Nice. Um, and hated it. Okay. I never went back. Okay. So I don't recommend silk underwear, I guess. Mm-hmm. Isn't that just what you give to each other in the 90s for like Valentine's Day? You get each other like silk boxers. Oh, so it's like sort of a representation of the fantasy element you might have <laughs> in your relationship. So he's wearing a silk shirt because that's like his fantasy shirt. Do you think that he has boxers that match that shirt? Oh, yes. (laughs) It's kind of like a lingerie set. (laughs) What if all of his underwear matches the shirt he's wearing in every scene? That would feel better at that point. That's the best part of this movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel better about the shirts if he's wearing matching underwear. Great. I love it. Well, but all the shirts thing. were bothersome for you, is what you said. They they were, oh. but weren't they all like basically supposed to be things that he vintage, like he just thrift stored? Like his yeah. whole thing is he's broke. I wore some shirts like that when I was a teenager. So yeah, those are vintage, I think, <laughs> or at least <laughs> faux vintage. I feel like that silk shirt is like straight out of like the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's like which one wasn't year that far removed. away. Yeah, exactly. and he's supposed no, to be like saying. in his like late twenties, probably thirties, early thirties, something like that. So like yeah, that makes know. sense if he's wearing a bunch of nineties ish, nineties heavy stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. He's sort of, but they're still terrible. They are like, a choice. I mean, like and, they are. I mean, a choice. to be fair that to him, true. I'm going to defend him. All right, Ooh. because everyone has terrible shirts. <laughs> At one point, what's, sorry, what is, um, oh my gosh, I'm so bad at remembering any details of movies, but what is the woman's name? Which one? The woman. The woman. Laura? Laura. Laura, The one that he talks about constantly and I says her name, I don't know, 700 times in the Uh movie. Yep. Yep. Uh, Okay, so Laura is wearing a shirt that is like 
It looks like it's been dip dyed. It's like a cardigan that's been dip dyed and some Whoa. like purple kind of dye. Mm-hmm. It goes and then it like has a button at the top and it mm-hmm. spreads out. It is it's terrible. It's mm-hmm. um but it is that era uh, for sure. Yeah, exactly. It is. <laughs> I, I thought the most interesting style choice for Laura was her bangs. Mm-hmm. She has mm. these awesome rocker uh, asymmetrical bangs. Mm-hmm. She does have great bangs. And I thought, what a great way to express that she's the cool girl, but it's still um, acceptable within a law firm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and this is just like slightly stepping off of that topic is there's a part where he gives some backstory about her and how they meet at a club. Mm-hmm. And she was already a lawyer then, but she worked for um, legal aid. So she was still going out and clubbing. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like, dude, working for legal aid is no walk in the park. Like, you're just as exhausted and as much a lawyer. You just don't get paid. I just thought that was a very funny, like, little detail of, like, she was a lawyer but working for legal aid, and that's why she was out late clubbing. I thought it was funny. Mm. Oh, I took it to more be like, that's why she was still, like, cool and, like, wearing a leather jacket because she worked (laughs) for, like, a cool, she did law coolly by being for legal aid. (laughs) He did mention the leather jacket. Yeah. He did mention the leather jacket. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I just thought that seemed like a screenwriter's quick embellishment to give some backstory. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. I don't know. If you meet a somebody who works for Legal Aid, you know how hard they work and how exhausting it is, and they don't make any money. Right. So it's, it's just like not... To the club. It's not like I'm going go to go to a club to and club. spend 20 bucks a drink. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. it's just Those lifestyles are not necessarily compatible, but I can see where it'd be a quick... Hmm. screenwriter trick so you're saying she know. shouldn't be going to a club no i'm not saying that i'm just saying that it was just such a hammy to me it seemed like a really in a script that was otherwise pretty good to mm-hmm. me that was a way of getting some exposition out I see. that just seemed really clumsy and not rooted in so what do like legal even aid an imaginable do for fun, then? i'm sure they go out you guys, don't I just be upset want... with me because I brought up hot topics. We're not <laughs> okay? upset. I'm, we're yeah, genuinely no, seeking clarification. Getting, you might be, but other Dan is livid. He's oh livid. You can tell. Yeah, there's so many <laughs> <laughs> um, I did uh, outfits. I did appreciate outfits transition. I did um, really enjoy outfits through the ages. Yes, especially John absolutely. Cusack's hair. Oh my god, oh his my hair god. journey in this movie is fantastic. Yeah, and and glasses, hairs and yeah. glasses. Really, and good. then that just like complete like bandana wrapped on his head out of left field. Yeah. Chef's oh kiss. gosh, man, I had a high school boyfriend who did that. Yeah, leather or jacket, early nineties. Ooh. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I actually thought that that was good. I thought it was well done of like being a little silly, but also like, hey, we're in a different time. Yeah. Yeah. But they had some, hey, had some fun with it. Hank they had some fun. in there. Opened yeah. up his time chest of costumes. <laughs> his, his time chest. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I just turn the I dial back and get down. for every year on. that I line up here <laughs> in case anybody needs to go back in time or I have to costume for a movie. <laughs> Hank, are you okay? You sound really, you sound really sad. You sound like you're really like on the verge of tears. I want to go back and be my father before he crashed into the manure pile. I oh think my god! Oh, no. <laughs> I think that's oh. Or maybe that's Joseph Prado. 
<laughs> my best friend's dad. <laughs> oh, wow. I do like that he owns a puppeting costume company, and his number one reason to have costumes was to give in case someone needs to go back in time. <laughs> I mean, imagine like the day, imagine how glorious that day would feel though if someone came in and just like, I found a time tunnel and I need to look period appropriate. <laughs> Come with me. Uh, Yes, agreed. Good outfits throughout time. Good hairstyling and or wig on John Cusack throughout the flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, also, like the in terms of styling being time appropriate, mm-hmm. I laughed out loud when he said he read all the right books that he had read, uh, oh, Love yeah. and the Time of Cholera and The Unbearable Lightness of Being. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I cracked up so hard because I definitely read both those books. <laughs> and then really all of everything Milan Kundera wrote. And I was really... Cool. Uh, it was, I was... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was really adamant that was part of who I was as a mm. person. Yeah. Um, anyway, I thought that was great. So th- there, there were definitely some. I, I know when we came back from, uh, came back into the second half, I sounded really down on the movie, and so I want to point out things that I really enjoyed. Sure. I Before I go into the horrifying toxic masculinity and the way he treated Penny, which I will save. Why? Just I don't know. No. It's not. Why do you keep, you keep teasing these things? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> we're just here to talk, man. <laughs> This is our last okay. episode. We have I to do. always have kind of a shamalam slam. Yeah. Where it turns like Molly, you think Molly likes the movie, and then boom, no, she hates it. That never happens. <laughs> if anything, the opposite happens. <laughs> five stars. Yeah. <laughs> so he's oh, got man. these five girls from his past. Top five mm-hmm. breakups. But we only see four because one is just in there Out of to spite. bump. Laura at a place, yep. which I actually thought was a clever way for him to be spiteful and to reveal he actually did care yep. early on. And one of them's name is Penny. Oh. And she is the nice girl from high school. Yep. Who he's always trying to get with because he's a horny teen. Yep. And then when he's she a... is not willing to be horned on, <laughs> he dumps her and... Yep. That's the story of that. Molly, take it Dips away. Dips her in the worst possible way. It's just like, what? why bother? It never goes anywhere. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So and and I was realizing so when I was watching this how many times I've seen it because I was just like remembering like the hood flip physicality. John mm-hmm. Cusack, mm-hmm. New, flash, news flash alert. John Cusack's a good performer. He really brings. He really brings John Cusack energy to this movie. Yes. And he reacts badly to every single breakup. Yes. Like the very first yeah. breakup moment we see, he screams out the window, if you really wanted to mess me up, you should have gotten to me when I was younger. As yeah. if this is the purpose of women yeah. doing anything in their lives is to have that impact on him. Yes. And then when he goes through every single breakup, he is such a horrible human in yeah. that moment. Yes. And I don't mean it just gives like an unflinching look at the rawness. It is just, you know... I. I think part of what shocks me a little bit is having not seen this since it first came out is all of that toxic stuff just washed over me. Like I didn't even think about it. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was kind of this interesting movie where this guy grows up a little and tries to figure out if he wants to commit to his relationship and commit to his life. Right. Mm -hmm. 
But in rewatching it, so here, here's Penny. He goes out with her, dumps her, gets super mad and takes it personally that she has sex with somebody else on his like third date or whatever. Yeah. Then, okay, all of this is pretty forgivable. It's within the area of being like 16 years old. Sure, we all make, we're all terrible people at, at 16. Good timing all of us. on the chemistry explosion and oh. 16-year-old mop top hair. Great yeah. timing. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so excellent execution on all of this. Mm-hmm. But then he does this thing where he wants to go out with Penny and find out why she dumped him. Mm-hmm. like why, And in his mind, why he keeps getting rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, and she reveals to him that she did want to have sex someday, but not when she was 16. Mm-hmm. And that... This other dude that she had dated that had been bragged to him about having sex with her had essentially raped her, mm-hmm. that she had consented to it, but she had been worn down, and that she hated sex and did not have it until after college. And college is when she wanted to do that. That's when you do things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. instead of having any sort of human reaction to that, his whole thing is, oh, I'm off the hook. Like, she didn't immediately have sex with somebody else. It's not me. Mm-hmm. And I know it is there to paint him as a picture of, I'm going to go ahead and put out there, deeply broken, mm-hmm. like empty vessel of as a human. Mm-hmm. But I was livid watching it this time. Like what a freaking gift to give him this very clear, like you not only messed me up by breaking up with me in this horrible way for this horrible reason, but it had repercussions through the next 10 years of my life. And he's just like, whatever. Yeah. And I... I don't know. Like, I don't know if you wrote that script now, if, if you would get away with that as a reaction to it, if you just be like, Oh yeah, that guy's still really immature. Or if you'd just be more livid and wanting to hang on that storyline a a bit longer. Cause then we just never see Penny again, which Mm -hmm. is fair, I guess. But man, it just seemed like such a true to life kind of, um, kind of situation. And, it pretty much turned me off from John Cusack's otherwise kind of adorable character. I used to love that guy. He was Lloyd Dobler. Mm-hmm. And I found it very disillusioning that he was just such a, such a, well, I'm just going to say D bag. Yeah. Isn't wow. that the point? Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. But, and, but then at the end, like, I think you're, I mean, you're supposed to be rooting for him. And, are and, and are, are you not? I don't and know. And he's, he's like, I'm going to get together or he's together with that other. Like, I am bummed out that they get together at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, to me, it seems like her dad dies and she just is looking for something that she's familiar with, you yep. know? And she says like, that. I mean, yeah. that's literally what she says. But I think it's a bummer that they're together. Like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> like and but at the end you're supposed to I think you're supposed to feel like oh like this is gonna work out for them and he's mm. he's he's changing his mind and he's 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 um realizing he's gonna be or what he's been doing wrong and he's gonna try to be a better person yes but that she yeah. doesn't I don't know like why does she have to be involved in that <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> she chooses to be yeah I know it's a bummer yeah, <laughs> and, you know you just kind of hope that what she's basically saying is. I don't have energy to do anything else. So I'll hang out with you for a while. Yes. And then when I recuperate, I'm gone like that. I would feel honestly better about, because I do think they kind of dangle that sort of happy ending in front of you, Mm -hmm. which he is so unearned. 
Like, why is she bothering with him or Ian slash Ray? Yeah. Like, I think that's the. I think that's the primary for me anyway. The primary problem of this movie now mm-hmm. is that the growth on John Cusack is so small. Like right. the amount the needle moves from like self-assassinal to I figured myself out and now I'm a little bit better is yeah. so small. Right. He goes from like no empathy towards anyone. Like every woman in his past is just a stepping stone to learn why he's alone now and has nothing to do with them. Yeah. And everything to do with him. And he, as Molly, as you said, right, he has no reaction to any of the sort of negative things that he did to anybody's past. And then, so that's where we're starting. And then where we end up is, oh, I'm tired, but I like you. And maybe I should figure out what my long-term girlfriend likes. Mm-hmm. And that's good. <laughs> you should figure out what your partner likes and so do high those five. things. Mm-hmm. Here's a sticker. <laughs> but like the space between those two points is small. And I think for 2000, maybe we get away from that by being smart and accept, I guess, culturally accepting much lower standards of mm-hmm. men, which is bad. Mm-hmm. Do accept such standards, but I think that's why it maybe succeeds in 2000 much more than 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. 21 years later. I don't disagree, but I, I do think we are being asked to relate to him, to follow him, and to root for him. Yeah. And which I think is what Beth was just saying, and also Dan seemed to be dispute that. I just don't know if. I mean, I don't know if we're. I am, I don't know, like, I don't know if root is the right word for it. Like, we're just following this dude who is presented from the beginning as this, like, incredibly self-absorbed, narrow-banded guy. He's like a buffoon who's just, like, so in his own world. And then his self-awareness, I don't know, like, he's an unreliable narrator who, like, has moments of clarity. And... Uh, I don't know. I appreciate the fact that this movie doesn't present any sort of anything resembling like just like a clean storybook relationship with anybody. Right. Like, I don't know if I necessarily like the needle doesn't move very much, which is true. And like, he's a shitty, you know, like he's a shitty dude. And but there's like there are that's true to life. Right. Like there's a lot of like shitty people in mediocre relationships and like it's better if they're trying than not. So like, yeah, there absolutely. is something to that, right? But then like, but then like, why why have that be a story worth telling? You know, I don't know because it was two thousand, like yeah. you said. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe well, that's it. Like, I wonder. Maybe. Like, I'm curious about because I I am thinking about like how just the year two thousand mm-hmm. and like two K. Y2K, mm. things were... Just destroying computers left and right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Robots um, were running through the streets. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just thinking about the idea of somebody... Like Molly was saying, like, the last time she watch, watched it, it just kind of washed over her. Like, she, she was saying that, like, that didn't seem... The toxic masculinity part of it didn't really stand out necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm just thinking about maybe like men at that time watching that and being like, oh yeah, I wonder if 
like my girlfriend is actually a human who has interests that I should find out about. <laughs> right. Like if in a way at that point in time, it actually was pointing in a forward direction. And now we're looking back at something that was pointing in a forward direction. I think that's giving it too much credit too, though. I think that's giving it credit in the wrong way. Okay. Like, I just I, think it's a, I just think it's like a specific look from a very particular lens of the realities of mediocre people. Like if anything, like it felt like at anything, it felt like it had high fidelity mm. to real people, right? Like most relationships are messy or are com- like made up of mediocre people who fail at times, and maybe they shouldn't be together, and maybe they have you know broken up and gotten back together for, and you're not really sure if they're gonna make it. So I don't know. I kind of appreciate the fact that like there is no clean story arc here, mm. right? I'll I'll hear you on the complexity and messiness of their relationship. Also points to me, please don't forget, because uh, I mentioned that Joan Cusack was either a friend or a sister who came in. Good friend. And confront good friend mm-hmm. who confronts him after she finds out the other side of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I, I, points in the ledger. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Dan. Um, yeah. I, sure. Totally. And I, and I think there is something to that messiness. I also... Uh, I, I don't know. I saw, this is silly, but I saw this tweet that was like, everybody likes the show Ted Lasso because it's one of the few shows out right now where you're not asked to relate to someone who is selfish mm-hmm. and flawed. And it really, it resonated me in a way that I was very surprised. <laughs> but in thinking about it, like I feel like so much of our popular culture is about deeply flawed people, yes. comedically flawed, but deeply flawed, often extremely selfish. And it yes. is exhausting. And it's exhausting to always identify with those people. And it is a delight to just watch the people who aren't selfish. Not even that they're not messy or not great, but just not selfish. And this dude is so selfish and mm-hmm. so gross for so long. And mm-hmm. I feel like the vast majority of people who watched it were like, yep, there's some nice validation. Someday I'm going to invent 4chan. And get together with friends. Uh, and we're going to rage about how women hide information from us and break up with us just to mess us up and have no authority or boundaries of their own for any reason. And like the person who's presented as respecting boundaries is also represented as liking world music and cooking poorly and being t- uh, Tim Robbins. Yeah, Tim Who, by Robbs. the way, does a beautiful oh, incredible, it's very Incredible good Timmy Robbs. My favorite moment of Tim Robbins, I want to speak to what you just said, Molly, but first I want to talk oh, about no. my favorite Tim Robbins moment where he, he leans in with a big pot of like marinara or something yep. and he says, I need a second. I need a second. Just like <laughs> this delivery of like, like holding a big pot of like tomato soup or whatever it is with a big wooden spoon. Just everything about it is perfect. And it's like so casual, like just yeah. so like just very, just sort of like languishes, languorously comes into the room. Yeah. Just like, like you could, like you know that like he was at the stove and like tasted it and just very slowly was just like, I should ask Laura how this tastes. And yeah. just like <laughs> slowly shuffled his way like he was Lana Cloud over to that other room where she was on the phone. But even he, um, even he's pretty selfish in that moment. Like yes. she's having like an intense phone call, right? Mm-hmm. With her ex. And he's like, I need to ask her about this soup. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like giving her space to work on right. this relationship, she just like like, of... like this can wait. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's still great. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, Molly, 4chan is another one of our hot topics that you wanted to establish. So <laughs> it was good that you... Uh, it is written on the list. Uh, wrote that, got that in the conversation. Um, but I... <laughs> these are um, sort of like callbacks. It's like I'm doing a series of bits where I'm mad about the same thing over and over. Yeah. But I'm not actually mad. I just think it's funny to... So the repetition of it. It's like comedy. It's like a comedy. <laughs> Thank you for um, explaining comedy to me, Dan. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I connect also with the idea of like um, wondering about how many like red pill dudes connected mm. with this. There's a very, there's very much like a thread of what I was seeing as like a rules based view of relationships and like a formulaic mm-hmm. way to think about it. Um, he was talking about how Charlie didn't work out cause he didn't punch his weight. And like, there's a way that like people have to be matched up on hotness for it to work out. Right. Um, <laughs> and other things like that. And I, you know, I can relate to that being a person with like a, uh, a pretty analytical quantitative brain that is like mm-hmm. a f- comfortable space to be in. And it's a thing that you have to, I have to have had to fight against to like succeed No big mm-hmm. deal in relationships. I have a wife. Um, <laughs> but like, I see where that thread goes of like, if I could just crack the code, right. I could do this. And I think it's, a, it's where you get the fucking manual or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. Um, where it's like, here's the checklist, now women will sleep with you, which right. is a stand-in for actual emotional connection. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also like, he, John Cusack is on the very slow other arc. He's moving towards emotional intelligence and away right. from this like super quantitative fact rules-based knowledge i don't know if he's gonna make it there or if he's gonna backslide when laura eventually figures out like oh you still suck you're right <laughs> and he'll like go back to his notebook and jot down the the 10 things that didn't work yeah um and so that's Tough the formula was wrong gotta get back to it right um but yeah i think you know the, at least the arc represented with the end is that he's on he's on the path to better but like like i was saying it's just so slight who knows if he's gonna make it right like a, on a paper raft you hope it'll hold yeah 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 speak more on 4chan because i don't know if i quite know what you mean like i understand like the foundation of that within these characters but i don't know if as a unit they necessarily go that far because i feel I like mean, dick and barry are like much more innocently immature than Rob but dick is. and anna have the best relationship they actually have a romantic connection right you know, yeah, they're delightful. and it's based. Yeah, it's totally delightful, and you can see how jealous uh, John Cusack's character is of them, mm-hmm. and how simple it is. It's simple mm-hmm. and sweet and reciprocal, right? Which is is really nice. Um, so yeah, I would say the the four chan thing is just sort of shorthand for the whole toxic masculinity. Women are there for transactional purposes. How to extract sex how to, you know, get what you need and to be manipulative while doing it. And I, I don't think there's anything in most of the movie that runs counter to a lot of those kind of 
beliefs that maybe start out somewhat harmless, but can kind of end up in this kind of incel world because at their heart, they're still treating women like something that is a transaction or something to be dominated or um, taken as opposed to, I don't know, just another human being to relate to on some sort of human level. Um, And just, I think, especially starting out, and there's like this one line where he's like, you fucking bitch, let's work this out, mm-hmm. which is funny, Yes, but it's yeah. also like real spot on yeah. in terms of, I hate you, why won't you let me dominate you? Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I think there's there's a bunch of that in there. And, and it just sort of, to me, seems like, I guess the fact that I didn't notice it or react to it when I first saw this movie, um, I'd like to think means we've come a long way, but it also means there's just generations of people for whom this this isn't even noteworthy. Like, they're definitely not struggling with it. Well, that's true I, of any I, film, though, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, like, the same thing we've talked about with, like, Fight Club and these other movies where, like, people just, like, pull the wrong thing from these movies. Oh, yeah. And I, and I like, if there were no real-world harm, I wouldn't be so concerned about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this also reminds me, there's a book called Girls and Sex that's come out. And in it, the basic piece about it is, you know, the influence of, of porn and, and expectations of relationships, especially sexual relationships between young people. And one of the major things it talks about is just talk to your sons and daughters about reciprocality. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where we're at now, is it's not even about, like, how do we both enjoy figuring this thing out together? Right now, a lot of what's happening with sex with teenagers is really just about, like, can you give me a blowjob? <laughs> you know, mm. that's it. It's very transactional and not about reciprocality um, or about figuring something out together. It's about how much pleasure the guy can extract from the girl um, in heteronormative relationships. Uh, so, or heterosexual relationships. So, yeah, I think, I don't know. I guess, I guess to me, I get so riled up about it because I see the, for me, that's a very short trip between the art and the real world consequence. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me, it makes me mad. Once again, new listeners, uh, <laughs> long time listeners will know, uh, Molly Chase often gets mad because eventually it occurs to her as a 40 something year old woman. <clears throat> Excuse um, me. Sorry, 35. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that I've just feel duped for most of my life by yeah. the gatekeepers. <laughs> And sure. I feel like it just continues to this day and is so frustrating. I guess, do you not think the movie is saying he's a bad a dummy? Like when he's screaming in the rain, you bitch, let's work it out. Like I, I think, think the movie knows like, yeah, he's an idiot. I think, it's, yeah. I think it's complicated because he... The movie is definitely saying he's a dummy mm-hmm. and yeah. he is treating these women so poorly and it's mm-hmm. so clear. Yeah. And at the same time, he is the person that the movie's following and kind of like wanting you want him to figure it out, <laughs> I guess. And you yeah. want him to like have a happy I mean, yeah, you want him I don't I didn't want to say happy ending after all this <laughs> sex talk. <laughs> 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 nice. Uh, so I think, I think it's complicated in that way, but I do think that's why I feel like in 2000, it actually might've been kind of a progressive 
like, yeah, look at how stupid this guy is. And he, mm-hmm. he's treating these women so poorly. And he's wondering why he keeps on the, his relationships keep ending. Right. And it's like, oh, maybe it's because you are so selfish and self-centered that you haven't paid attention to any of these women and what they need and what, and you're still not doing it. Mm. Like even at the end, he's like, I'm going to make her a mixtape. Like, oh, very well, but good. That's, I n- but that's supposed to be like a representative of just like his entire, like the whole structure right. of the movie yeah. is that's representative of just how he perceives the world. Like it's supposed right. to be a sign of hope because he is trying to, yeah. Like, this is, as he said before, like, he and his friends have, like, so identified themselves with what they, uh, what does he say? What they like rather than what they are like. So, like, this is the language that he knows, right? Right. So, like, it is supposed to strike a hopeful tone that he's, like, specifically trying. And he's, you know, he's so proud of his mixtapes that he's, the fact that his intent is to create something that she would like rather than something that would impress her. Yes. Like, that is supposed to be presented as, like, a hopeful thing. Like, yes, maybe it is a minor thing. But within the framing of his worldview, like, that's all he knows. That's his language, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think, like, I can see why, you know, just knowing that there, there are definitely people who in 2000 watched this movie and they're like, that guy is so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, he's really cool. I want to be more like him. Even that, I don't know. But, but I think, but I <laughs> the think the world they inhabit is cool. I don't know if he's supposed to be cool. Yeah. I thought well, he was I, supposed to be cool. I think he, I mean, because they even have that scene where they're like, why didn't you sell that record to that uh, guy who came in? And they're like, because he's a dork or whatever. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but then like, Lewis immediately says like, you guys are elitist. You guys Lewis are so ridiculous. Lewis is Lewis the rules. number one character. In yeah, because he points out, I mean, he points out the artifice of it all, right? Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like the movie is self-aware enough to point out the artifice of their personalities so much that like, I don't know if you're supposed to see him as cool. You're maybe supposed to like, envy the world that he inhabits right because mm-hmm. like i certainly like had this nostalgic feeling watching of just like oh yeah it was fun to just like go to weird shitty bars and just like hang out with my dumb friends for oh, no reason yeah. and like meet I musicians was, and shit i was really yeah. missing going to yeah like loud shitty bars and drinking <laughs> bad beer shitty beer <laughs> yeah. you know it's the yeah. year 2021 when you miss going to loud <laughs> shitty bars the shittiest place in the world yeah. i mean it's it's a little bit like the pandemic and, and like even if it was safe from a viral standpoint to do that yeah. i would like i would never want to do that I no don't me neither <laughs> but yeah there like, was not something not be able to hear well <laughs> right. But yeah, there's something very nostalgic of just like, oh yeah, I didn't give a fuck and had nothing better to do. <laughs> oh yeah, and I could I could sleep as long as I wanted in the morning. Right. right. Just to come back though, I do think you're meant to sympathize with him and you're supposed to see his flaws more as quirks than as like fa- fatal flaws, you know? I mean, are they fatal flaws though? I mean, not fatal, but you know what I'm saying? Like on the spectrum of like, isn't it so quirky how he can't figure this out? to like something that's like a true fatal flaw right i think it i see what you're saying dan i totally hear you about how he's clearly a flawed character and the movie doesn't hide that Mm -hmm. i think what i'm adding to that is i can say very truthfully as a 2000 year 2000 viewer in the theaters i thought he was cool and meant Mm -hmm. to be cool Mm -hmm. i was not questioning oh wow he's treating all these women really badly Mm -hmm. at all Sure. And all of that washed over me. I was basically just watching Lloyd Dobler as an adult try to figure his life out. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I I guess what I'm saying is I, I, I lean more towards Beth's interpretation than yours, even though I, I feel like I get it and I appreciate it. What is Beth's interpretation in a thesis statement? 
Because <laughs> maybe I don't know if we're even saying different things. I think we are, though, because I feel like you're super defending the movie for presenting him and not like making him look romantic. And I think he does look romantic in this movie, at least to 2000 eyes. I guess. But like I don't I would argue that all this is doing is pointing out that Lloyd Dobler sucks, too. Right. <laughs> oh, like, no. like don't Lloyd. Talk bad about Lloyd. Talk I about saw it. that movie a couple I years ago for the first time. Does <laughs> he say anything? Is that yeah. He's saying anything. He's oh, a yeah. shitty dude too. Yeah, probably. He is like he's just like all up in her business and is well, just like. And now you know why thirty-five-year-old Molly is yeah. so mad. But you're right. But like, yeah, but you're. I guess I'm not. I feel like I'm just trying. I'm not necessarily defending the movie so much as like making sure that it's not like. I mean, it seems like we're talking more about, like, the culture that this movie existed in, right? All right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, like, this this came out around the time that I was in junior high. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 35. We're I, all 35. I'm Let's thinking be clear. about, like, the boys I had crushes on in, mm-hmm. around this time. And they were, like, truly so awful. Like, yes. they were just so mean to me and, like, would treat me like garbage. And I yes. still had crushes on them because I didn't see... The toxic masculinity of like what was happening. <laughs> yep. I just was like boys, and so like it. It's interesting to like watch these movies from around that time because I'm like, oh, why? Why didn't I get mad at my younger self? I'm like, why didn't you see like that boy sucked and that really nice boy over there liked you and you didn't say hi to him or whatever right. it is? Yeah, that's how yeah. women work. But I mean, <laughs> the nice movie, boy I might have had but, like the movie Let's even touches the movie does touch on that concept a little bit though when he sort of realizes as an adult like, oh, Charlie sucks. Like Charlie's so fake and her personality is like. She's yeah. not friendly to anybody. She's so self-interested. Like, why did I hold her up to this, like, high, like, put her on this pedestal when, like, she clearly is, like, not a good person and not someone I'd want to be around. I just think I'm just trying to make sure that we're just, I think, Beth, you hit on this earlier. Like, I think as a culture, we feel like we should be judging these flaws more harshly than we were back then. But I don't think that the movie was necessarily not trying to present these as things that should be judged. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like the only person who like the only person who's presented with like no I don't know like the only people that are presented as like having no real issues even the main in terms of the main characters like all the women he's with besides Charlie are basically presented as completely innocent um, and Charlie's innocent she's just like not the person that he held her up to be but like Dick is the only one who's basically presented as just having like no real issues like he's a perfectly fine gentleman and like you said like he's the one with the most successful relationship at the end of the movie right yeah i was actually just that's what i was gonna say is i was like that's why that relationship is so great in this Mm -hmm. movie and it's so like it's almost in the background it's so Mm -hmm. subtle and but you i I don't know for me at the end i was like oh like dick and ann are the best couple in this because they're like really they get along because they have something in common he treats her nicely mm-hmm. and he's like just very sweet to her mm-hmm. i guess and but it just is kind of in the background which i, I it's just interesting because i i think if it, if this movie were made today that mm-hmm. might be brought a little bit more forward in the movie as a comparison to be like look at how shitty this guy is and look at how great this guy is mm-hmm. and so it's just it's like kind of I wonder if it's because the year 2000, <laughs> like okay. that's why you kind of have to like this guy, even though, because that's how they're, 
I think they're trying to get people to relate to him because they're like, hey, you are, this is the culture you're in. You're in a shitty culture right now. Well, yeah. and you are this guy, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like they, the, the relating to him is, yeah, is more about like, hey, you look in the mirror real quick and see how you're treating women. Well, just even, of, and like consider like your own, like how you're building your own personality, right? And how you're right. presenting yes. yourself to the outward world. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure. I will say this. I did appreciate slash hate that they make Dick's character go through the toxic gauntlet. They have Jack Black's character just give him all kinds of hell for going on a date with Anna. Mm-hmm. And like, it's actually really sweet how Dick just kind of like, uh-huh. Don't give a shit. Yeah. Doesn't, yeah. Get, doesn't care. You know, it doesn't yeah. bother him. I thought that was actually a really nice illustration of Dick's character for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is I love the, those two. They're yeah. great. Those, Jack they're Black, Sarah Gilbert plays a woman named Anna. It's very sweet. Yeah. Jack Black and uh, plays Dick. Louis, Tony, shit. I Louis saw Tony. his name. Louis something. I think. Louis I something, I think. Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. They're both delightful, just like weird oddballs that work in his story with him yeah, while his story is happening. Like, yeah, opposites, but it's like they really, I think they bring to life the like friend co-workers that are like uh we get along but like they have these intense personalities and like the and like the uh the bonded entirely over like these very specific shared interests like your personalities completely clash but like you're the only other person who understands what the fuck i'm talking about so i have (laughs) to hang out with you yeah yeah and actually dick is the only person that asks um rob John Cusack's character, if he's okay, mm-hmm. yeah, makes any yeah. kind of inquiry Ugh. at all. Yep. He's, 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 he's so awkward. He's such a it's so hard he's for him, but he does it. Yeah, yeah he's yep. so great. He's a sweetheart. God How about him. that movie? I would enjoy that movie. It'd I would be follow so him around. Boring though, Molly. <laughs> no, I think I'd like it. At this point, it'd be great. Maybe he could coach a soccer team or something. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and just Ted Lasso. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Ted Lasso. I'm pretty That's sure it's Ted Lasso, Lasso. reference. Yep. Uh, I also make callbacks, Dan. Ooh, Women can also be good at comedy. Whoa, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Shit. Everyone's so mad at everyone. <laughs> oh boy. I think, if anything, we're mad at the year 2000. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm true. Hearing. Do you guys. There's uh, no five moon friend to me. The year 2000 or me? Yeah, it was terrible. Ooh. No, year 2000. It was a terrible year. <sighs> That's the year I graduated high school. No big deal. 35. I am not surprised that America fell in love with Jack Black Mm -hmm. after this movie. Right. He's a delightful performer. Oh, my God. Just all over the place. Yeah. Just brings it to every Mm -hmm. little dumb thing. I remember my friend giving me probably... Probably I downloaded over the network at college the that first Tenacious D album. Mm -hmm. It was the funniest thing I'd ever heard Mm -hmm. as a 19-year-old. Yep. He's That's great. the target demo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nailed it. He's got an amazing oh. beard now. He does have an amazing beard. He does weird videos for the hell of it in his backyard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a, a there's a video of Jack Black or a, a clip of Jack Black on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon where mm-hmm. he plays like his kids saxophone. I don't even know saxophone. what the set Oh, is that what it is? The saxophone. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he even... plays it at his live shows too. 
I don't even know what the setup is, but it, it, it the roots start playing along with him, yep. and it is the best thing I've ever. I've watched it like a thousand times. Yeah. I swear. <laughs> Apparently, he that's like a uh, that's like a cool down at Tenacious D shows. Like oh he God. does that at his live shows where he'll just be like he'll get the he'll make the roadie make one of the roadies bring him that stupid toy saxophone. It's so from good. off stage, and he just like he rocks it in the way that he. That Jack Black does. Yeah, it's Jack so Black, good. he just has, like, he, I mean, maybe this is from training with Timmy Robb's, like, weird theater troupe or whatever, but, like, he <laughs> is so good at just, like, moving his body in a very deliberate way. Yes. Right? Like, anytime he just chooses to make, like, I don't know, like, his, like, even, I don't know, like, just, like, yeah, his he has such an intense version of space work that he does sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. he did well, that. Everything's intense. What? Everything he does is intense. Yeah, like he did that thing that was like very crude, but also very funny because it was like totally something that just like some weird 20 something at a record store do where he's like <laughs> yeah. pretending to like make out with a woman to like whatever oh, song he's doing. gross. And it yeah. was so, but it was so like exquisitely done, like the physicality <laughs> of it because it was such a cartoonishly crude sequence of movements. Yeah. Oh, delightful. What a delight. What a he's delight. A delight. He and a he del- did. The best two middle fingers I've ever seen. Or maybe it was just one. Just one. Where he like shot down his other fingers. Yeah. He oh, couldn't, yeah. He couldn't have two because the other one was holding the gun. So, <laughs> it was great. I was remembering there was a time, maybe it was around the year 2000, where like, yeah, like fun ways to give people a middle finger was a whole thing. It was Oh, great. yeah. It was Can great. I turn this up? Can you hear my, this? It was half of my high school experience. Yeah. Mostly one guy. <laughs> like my one the, friend. The giver or the recipient? He was the, he was the giver. He just, it, he was so, like, he he embraced that trend and he was just, like, so yeah. delighted to find new ways to give you the finger. Yep. Uh, and they were usually very charming. Like, you just had to give it to him. It's like, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Hey, you know what occurs to me is that Jack Black has sort of a parallel moment of finding love when that musician comes up, sees his flyer and comes yeah. up to him and they talk. He's like, what instruments do you play? Nothing. That dude. And they, yeah. It's so good, right? Yeah. Yes. And that, it was such, it was like a match made in heaven. And I love they just that understood dude so each much. Other. Like the, fa- <laughs> the moment where they have this, like, yeah, they have this incredibly low energy conversation where like neither of them, like that felt also very real. Just like these two dudes who like, Neither of them wanted to admit how excited they were. (laughs) (laughs) Both trying to live out their dreams. (laughs) Yeah, but then, like, the way the dude just, like, walks off and just, like, gives him the horns or the shaka, I think, actually. (laughs) Just for no reason. Like, and he doesn't even know if anyone's watching him leave the store. (laughs) Oh, so good. Just just hard he knew. Some real good, just, like, random, uh, not tenants, patrons of that record store scattered throughout that movie. Lewis is the best because he calls them out on their shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's also like friends with them, so he clearly is like not being mean about it. Like he's literally just telling them, like, as your friend, you guys are full of shit, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. I appreciate. There's a yeah, I have an MVP in the store, which is when there's the scene when he goes like, I'm going to sell five copies of the three EPs by the Beta Band. Mm-hmm. That was very funny. That song got me to get that album. However, I got it. There you go. I won't say. <laughs> um, 
But Sorry, there's like, they put it on and then they pan around the store. There's this guy in like a full yellow ensemble, like just chewing gum. Yeah. And he's like looking at stuff and he like leans over and looks at hopefully his friend and not just some rando behind right. him. And it's like, yeah, he's like just really grooving <laughs> and wearing all yellow. And I love it so much. Vibing and all yellow. Yeah. 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 That's great. That. Uh, what a joy! What a joy to just spend a day playing Patron of Record Store number two. Or oh yeah, if we talk about joys in this movie, I don't want to leave out the conversations between uh, Joan and oh. Joan Cusack. Yep. I mean, Joan Cusack is a treasure. She's amazing and uh, she's, does beautiful work in everything she does. She's great. And the scenes where she's either neutral or mad at him are great, but there's a scene at the end where they're sitting across from each other at a diner. And she's basically like, you have to stop being insane around mm-hmm. your ex. Yeah. Um, both because it's bad for you and bad for her, and because you're forcing her more together with this guy that I can't stand either. Yeah. And I yeah. just thought, like, how much fun for them to get to perform together. Mm-hmm. And to play such interesting, I, I don't know, it just seemed like a really, like, I would have loved to have been on set that day mm-hmm. kind of scene. Yeah, I like their relationship a lot, where, like, she, you, I, I, I sort of implied that, like, he knows, she knows him through Laura. Like, he only yeah. knows, she only knows him because he was with Laura for a while. Mm-hmm. And I, but yeah, I like, they felt like they played that dynamic really well, where, like, she does, like, they are friends, but, like, she's still more Laura's friend so like she's compassionate with him but is also like ready to step to <laughs> right <laughs> if she needs to yeah she's the classic she played I'm not it so well any sides yeah. yet right yeah that was great yeah <laughs> uh, yeah uh, and yeah she, she had... gives us our Bechtel Wallace pass oh, not yeah. by talking to Laura but by talking to I think Laura's sister yes yeah the, like res- do you call that a reception after a funeral um, I don't remember. It's definitely not an after. I don't think you party. call it a reception. No. After funeral. I think it's just a gathering. Wake. So that's wake before. is that's before the funeral. Oh, because they Sleep. might wake up. Oh. Right. No. Well, is that why they call it that? Wake. Yeah. Oh shit. Because yeah, they weren't sure. Do you if know where the really word dead. dead ringer comes from? Oh, no. what? Is it the bell? That's yeah. Th- they yeah. used to set up. Um, because they ha- were not good at like actually hearing people's heart rates when they were just very low and not dead. Mm-hmm. And yep. so they would bury people and they would put a bell into their grave. So if no. they woke up, they could ring the bell. And so like <gasps> if you had died and been buried and then ca- came back up, you'd be like the dead ringer. Oh. Isn't that phrase used when like people are like resemble look- each other? Like that's Yeah, a- so the idea is like you were alive. And then yeah. you yeah. died, and, and then now, you see him again. Right. Dead ringer. Oh, so dead ringer he's a dead ringer because he rang the dead ringer, and now he's back. Yes. And now, I like, you don't necessarily know if it's the same person. You're just like, that person looks exactly like this person that I'm pretty sure is not here. Yes. I got it. Yeah. I felt but, like, I, yikes. but, like, dead dead ringer doesn't have to mean the person the, the person is dead. No. <laughs> in modern context. No, like, not in modern context. You can just look like somebody. That's delightful. We're better. Wow. Old times are weird. Are dead. <laughs> yeah, good job. Hey, quick shout out to the medical community for getting better Absolutely. at knowing when people are or aren't dead. <laughs> a low bar, That's but a, we passed it. Like, hey, you know what? If there's anything we've learned tonight, it's that you have to at least acknowledge any forward progress <laughs> <laughs> as small as it may be. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be buried alive. That sounds like a 
Real no, why would any, no <laughs> one wants no one to be? Bitter. I was thinking about it though, like. <laughs> but I got my playlist. If I do, ooh! But if you bring it alive, you get to hear it. Yeah. That's oh, friends! Nice. In your coma, oh. in your coma brain. We were so close to talking about the Bechtel Wallace oh, test and how this passed. Oh. It was wonderful. Because basically, Joan Cusack pointedly does like. not talk about or to. John Cusack in this delightful too. scene. Like yeah. this, the he says like, "Hey Joe," and she just walks past him and talks <laughs> to uh, Liz. Yep. So yeah, it was like I think Beth even pointed out it's like the most explicit back to Wallace past <laughs> ever because they're like actively ignoring a man. Well, and then she literally says, "We are not talking about you." <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part. Uh, yeah. What a treasure. But are. But they kind of are, right? Yeah, I unclear. Not right? at first, mm. and then right, first, so it like, would hey, pass anyway. Not. Yeah, but right. They would have passed even without her explicitly saying that. And yeah. then but she is Liz makes a barb. It's a barb at right? him. Yeah, it's okay. a barb. it's a little barb. But then whether they continue to talk about it is or is not clear. Right. But it definitely was not for him to interject himself. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. He just had to take it because he fucked mm-hmm. up. Yeah, he's got to just take it, Rob. Rab. <laughs> yeah, Rab. You're hiding the flower bed, Rab. <gasps> Rab, Rab. Oh, I just thought of who my MVP was. Okay, go. Mm. My MVP is the woman he speaks to on the phone, and she's drinking some white wine. Oh, yeah, yeah, and she yeah, calls yeah. him oh. Bob. She's like... Mrs. Oh, his first Ashmore. girlfriend's... Yeah, his first yeah. girlfriend's mother. Yeah, she, like, mm. does not care about him at no, all. <laughs> but it's also, like, surprisingly nice to him. Yeah. considering the like, situation well, okay whatever bye <laughs> and then she drinks her wine <laughs> oh i love the idea that like yeah i just love the like impl- implication there's so many implications there of just like did rob just like interrupt mrs ashford is it ashford ashwood Ash- ashland ashmore. ashmore like did he interrupt like mrs ashmore's like evening wine time <laughs> <laughs> like where the phone rings just like oh it's probably darla or whatever she's gotta <laughs> tell me about and then it's some random man who, who said demands, that she demands yeah. to be heard that he yes. was her daughter's first boyfriend by a few days. Which she says, no, sir. But in a very, honestly, surprisingly courteous manner. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. She, clearly, yeah, she's, she's unwound floating, from wine she's time. Floating through. She's just she doesn't floating. seem in the middle of anything. Nope. <laughs> just really. Just wine time. It's, it's goals, mom's wine yeah. time. You know? It's mom's, mom's wine time. Mom's wine time. Mom's wine time. Yeah, she was great. Although I, his Rob's mom was also a good MVP. Like I appreciated that she, that also felt very real. Where she was like more emotionally invested than he was prepared for in that phone call that he had with her. Like that felt very true to life. Of just sort of like, why are you so you know like why are you so upset right now? Like why <laughs> is this suddenly this kind of conversation? Uh, I thought she was great in yeah. her one scene. Mm-hmm. Good job. Great. Rob, Rob's mom. Oh, so good. Yeah, all the moms. Let's just go ahead and say it. All the moms are great. All the moms. Shout out to all the moms moms out there. Yeah, moms. At least in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, let's you know, let's be generous here. Like, shout out to the moms in this movie, and all the moms that everyone's comfortable shouting out. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Other moms, eh, maybe wait a little bit. Okay. (laughs) All right. What? 
I'm just saying I spoil We just moms. don't know all the moms. I'm just trying to lend nuance to this world because as we've seen in this movie, everyone is a flawed, broken individual That's who have fair. complicated relationships all around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So That's maybe true. somebody doesn't want to shout out their mom or no, any moms. I just, I'm just saying I support women is all. That's all okay. I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's great. Good for you. I'm glad that you were able to admit that because it's so hard for you to say that sort of thing out loud. You see what I did? You see what I did? Ah! Hoisted on my own Captain Picard. Uh, ooh, I like ooh, that. Ooh, I like that's a that good one. Term. I would watch Patrick Stewart in this movie. You would have crushed it as Ray. As oh my what? God. Part? Oh, oh, yes. Pick apart, but yeah, he would have crushed as Ray. I mean, yeah. Tim Robbins crushed, but Tim Robbins did crush. I really did enjoy crushed. Tim Robbins. He did this incredible finger pyramid at one point that oh, was like so, so condescending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that conflict resolution was his job. Oh my God, <laughs> what does that even mean? It's like a mediator. Right? Like, does he even mean that truly, though? That's my we question. Don't know. Like, we, we don't know. We don't know. He could be a yoga instructor. All we know about him is that he does karate. <laughs> that he has <laughs> a sick ponytail, yeah. and he's got two rings. Yeah, and several earrings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude had a lot of your cuff. Yeah. Well, before we get to our final ratings of the movie that we watched, High Fidelity, that we've been talking about the whole time, we. <laughs> Did you uh, forget which movie we were watching? <laughs> sometimes. We like to read a maximum star review of our podcast, totesregal.com, mm-hmm. from Apple Podcasts or somewhere else. If you tell us about it, we'll read it. But we don't have any. Oh, we do that in the impression of a character from this movie. Yeah. We could have done it as Tim Robbins. Oh, John Cusack. John Q or Cusack. Still unclear on that. Uh, Hank Crestorn came up, so he's on the table. Oh, yeah. For sure. (laughs) But we won't do that. So leave a review. Please. Please. And thank you. (laughs) Please. And thank you. Um... But we also do open it up to Discord questions. Oh, yeah. You can become a Discord user um, at patreon.com slash totesregal.com. And we got a couple (laughs) here. Karzan asked, is Zoe Kravitz better in the role than John Cusack? Well, I don't know. My wife said that the TV show follows the story very similar story arc in terms of like how she interacts you know she's like sort of reflecting on her past relationships and she's got an annoying co-worker and they like meet some hot teens that she ends up working with musically um and she said but she also said that it didn't end quite the same way because it seemed like maybe they were expecting there to be another season mm-hmm. uh so it doesn't quite conclude mm. uh but she said she liked it uh, so I assume the answer is at least as good, if not perhaps better, Molly. Mm-hmm. Maybe you yeah. should check that out. Maybe I will check that out. And mm-hmm. you, I realized we went this whole time, it didn't bring up Lisa Bonet and oh, how yeah. she was gorgeous her character was. Cool as shit, this yeah. movie. So cool and self-possessed, and mm-hmm. she knew what was up with this guy. She was very cool. Yeah. And I was she was legit right. cool. Okay, counter opinion. A Peter Frampton <laughs> song, and she was in the Cosby show. All true. true. These that are all true. true. That is What's true. What's up, Beth? Um, her hat was very upsetting to me. Dude, I did <laughs> all of their clothes cool. were upsetting to you. I'm not talking about her yeah. fucking clothes. I don't give a shit about clothes. She was cool. She yeah. as a person was cool. Yeah. I mean, she did have the confidence to wear that hat. Thank yep. you. Right. So. And to hang up all those old windows. And Zoe Kravitz is her daughter. Yep. What? Yes. Crazy fun oh, fact. I didn't know Wait. That. You didn't yep. know that? 
No. Yes. No. Oh. I don't Wait. Know who everybody's daughter is? So are I we just support moms? Are we? <laughs> <laughs> so are we supposed to believe that the high fidelity TV show is supposed to be like a vicious cycle repeating itself? I don't think Wait, so. Wait, is she is she Rob's Rob's daughter? daughter? No way, man. We don't She's know. Way too gorgeous know. to be. We don't know. Sorry, How dare we you. don't know. <laughs> Wait, was Molly just? Disparaging John Cusack's looks. I, mean, I, I was saying. thinking his eyes are too far apart. <laughs> wow, you guys are <laughs> so unfair, fucking shallow. That's what I was thinking. Hashtag That's only fair. Dan appreciates people for what they bring to the table other than their clothes and eyes. All right, we'll get zero tweets for that. <laughs> oh, you know, I never got a chance to tell you my Wikipedia fact. Oh, oh shit. Ooh, uh, it's Molly got the show. She got really mad in Act 2 and checked out the movie. It's Wikipedia.com. Of course. Good job. Thank you. Quick reminder: we someone needs to give us three dollars, or else we will not know if we should only or never do this segment, (laughs) and also if Beth should do it or not do it instead, and also if Dan should do it or not do it. Thank you. (laughs) Yep. That makes sense. Yep. Absolutely. So. And now Beth um, has pressed stop on the record pre-recorded theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Uh. Oh, so fun facts. This was, as uh, also Dan mentioned, uh, based on a book that was published in 1995. Mm -hmm. It was originally given to a screenwriter to turn into a screenplay. And then the director, or whoever had the rights to um, the story, Mm -hmm. was talking to the producer of Gross Point Blank, who said, oh, you know, this material seems it's right up John Cusack's alley. He's got the right sensibility for it. And he and these other two producers work together, the three of them. And so that is who is credited on the screenplay with an additional mention of the original screenplay writer. But the three of them came as a package deal um, in creating the film, which I thought was very interesting. I just sort of, you know, you sort of think that someone just hired John Cusack, but he actually helped write the screenplay and helped produce it and made it come yeah. to fruition. Hmm. You're welcome. That concludes Wikipedia Facts. Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carzon also asked, how agonizing is the main character's behavior now versus when you first saw it? Well, I don't think we need rewind. To to uh, <laughs> Listen to most of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been over that. Great question, uh, though. Yeah. St. Giwala asks, "What's with the blatant Liz Fair erasure?" Oh, what? I, don't I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't either. But I'm intrigued. Is that not I in Wikipedia? That Wikipedia. So that's a little teaser to yeah. uh, our listeners to go figure that out. That's the Totes <laughs> Recall Challenge. What's <laughs> up with the Liz Fair erasure? Yeah, what is up with that? Yeah. Is she supposed to be in the movie? I don't know. Is it just that she would definitely belong in here in terms of timing? It just isn't? I feel like there's more to it. I don't know. What if she was in the movie and then got cut out? Oh, boy. Is everybody looking this up right now? Not me. Not me. (laughs) Not me. Uh, Liz Fair almost played Lisa Benet's role. Oh. Okay. So I don't know what's up with that, but quick internet search reveals there's like nine think pieces on it so well how Sorry. wait how close was she to playing it do you mean to read read, this? read all nine <laughs> Beth, press, <laughs> Beth, press pause on the recording okay 
We'll press pause. Pause. Dan will read the nine articles, and then we'll come back <laughs> and talk about what we've learned. <laughs> this is Totes Recall Postscript. <laughs> uh, Steve it, Pink wanted that character to be mystifying. Okay, cool. We learned something. Do 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 do. This was sounds like something worth reading. That might be a bummer. Um, as Tigawala asks or states, Tim Robbins' hair game is on point. Yes, correct. One hundred percent. Yeah, we've already talked about Utah. Utah. One hundred percent Utah. So, if you want us to struggle to answer your questions like we did. Well, that hey, we, the hold law. on. We crushed answering one of Carzon's questions. <laughs> That's true. That's we like, really did. We, That's true. Really we like, picked it apart. We did a whole TED Talk depth. on one of Carzon's <laughs> yeah. questions. Yeah. And by TED Talk, I mean four people having a discussion. I was going to say. Yep. Yeah. Four-way TED Lasso. Or, right, Molly? You love yeah. it. Yep. TedLasso.com. Check Molly. it out. <laughs> As our sponsor? I don't nope. know. Um. So, yeah. Get on that Patreon, as the slogan goes. <laughs> Get on that Patreon. Toast Recall. No, Patreon.com. Slash Toast Recall. Patreon, you can sponsor us. We Ooh, will yeah. flesh out that. Wouldn't jingle. that be a tidy little turnaround? Right. Yeah. Give us your money. You spo- yeah, Patreon. Don't just make it possible for other people. Maybe put some skin yeah. in the game. Do you believe in artists? Do you really? Hey, yeah. Well, yeah. how hey. about you wave if your feet? If they fees? really believe, they should be a patron of everybody on there. <laughs> they should be a patron of every Patreon account. They should be like the Tom of Patreon. <laughs> yep. Right? Tom? What was he like? Yeah. What are you doing? He's trying to, to do, do Tom. Tom. Oh, I never was on MySpace, so I don't, I don't know. You both aced it. Everybody's doing great. For the record, for the audio <laughs> listeners, Beth and Dan apparently both aced Whatever it was they were doing visually. They're <laughs> in MySpace from Tom. A turn no, and a thumbs Tom up. Tom from MySpace. Yeah. Mm. He's the original like. Yeah, no, we know. I mean, I know. Zuckerberg. I Zuckerberg. Know. Music. Platform. Arctic Monkeys. Okay. What the fuck is happening? What was happening? Did you just have a seizure? No. Okay. Well, if you're going to ask, uh, MySpace uh separated cells from the other <laughs> uh social networks by being a particularly good place for artists musicians to have essentially cheap web pages for themselves and I you can really customize part. the shit about your MySpace and Arctic Monkeys was maybe the first huge success that got launched from MySpace they got like discovered on there and then turned into a giant uh, band so MySpace is like the rob coming out of his record store to talk to skate teens. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we were talking about mm. skate key. Skate. Oh, okay. Justin you and guys, uh, I just want to point out that we wanted to be done recording by midnight. <laughs> Cut it all out. And it's officially midnight, and right, we're talking fine, about MySpace. Fine, 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 fine. <laughs> Beth, leave this all in. <laughs> okay, Dan, the uh, rating yep. scale, as we all remember, of was angsty Q-sacks, which are sacks yep. that are angsty that contain yep. the letter Q, a friendly letter Q from in the style of Sesame Street. I mean, I pictured it as like multiple, multiple. letter Qs. Multiple. Well, it's a sack. It can hold as many Qs as you want, maybe. Fair. Well, as many Qs as can fit in one sack. Okay. Maybe it's like a Mary Poppins situation. Ooh, I love that. Molly, you're ruling? <laughs> uh, 
Shira? Absolutely. It's 12.01. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Dan, you gave yep. it uh, four sacks. Yep. And you thought it'd maybe be good. <laughs> My notes are bad. Uh, oh, but oh. wait, wait. But maybe it's representative of assholes. I do think it's representative of assholes, but I do think it was still pretty good. So I'm going to stick with my original rating for Cusacks. Wow. Mm. Nice. Beth, you, uh, everything we had talked about sounded enjoyable to you. So you also said a four. Yeah, I think I'm going to drop mine down to a three. I thought it was, um, I thought it was still pretty entertaining. I, but I didn't, I did not love parts of it especially the part at the restaurant with Penny that really upset me. <laughs> but um, other than that, I thought that it was pretty entertaining. So it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Meh. <laughs> That's your rating? Meh. Meh. <laughs> um, I gave it two sacks. Thinking. Joan Tusack. Oh. We know why he gave it two sacks. Yeah, we do. Why? Because the two balls? It. How <laughs> many sacks sack. do you hold on? Yeah, there's only one sack. There's one sack for two balls. Is, is there a confusion here? Is there like a what do you do? Women not know? Do women not know? I guess we don't know about that. I guess we don't know. Men don't know about cotton underwear. <laughs> don't know how many sacks there are. Yep. yep. Well, you could imagine a situation where you had a sack to hold each one, but I guess it makes sense that one holds two. <laughs> I mean, that would require, like, a very specific set of circumstances. Um, it would be great to have a backup sack. I mean, that's true. No question. But <laughs> backup sack. Okay. Wow. Where? It is 1203. <laughs> All right. I didn't even introduce this. Um, I gave it to, I was worried, not worried. I, w- I thought I would not have the patience for this angsty, 20-year-old re-litigating his past because I didn't have any patience for where I was in the year 2000. Um, I think it's still somewhat true. Um, I appreciate that this movie exists. I appreciate how much I liked it when I was 20 years old or whatever, and I'm glad it existed. I think it did, To maybe to Beth's point about maybe this is what we needed in 2000, I did think it helped me as a film and a emotionally uh, stifled youth. Um, Certainly, I would have made as many uh, mixed CDs for my now wife, no big deal, had I not watched this (laughs) movie. But I still... Could have altered the future. Yeah. Wow. But I still kind of hated it a little bit because of how little he grows. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go up. I'm going to go up, but not much. Two. Two point two. Two point <laughs> two? What? Yeah. What does a fifth of a sack even look like? <laughs> well, I'll leave that up to the listener. <sighs> how many cues can you even put in a fifth of a sack? Just that little, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This Which part? This is an audio this, medium? Uh, yeah, the kickstand. Great yeah, oh. description. Nice. Yep. Unless this is a lowercase q. Ooh. Oh, boy. I mean, it's still kind of a kickstand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you probably could. 
you uh, were gave it a four. You were hopeful that it would be good, but you also were wondering if you really thought they should get back together at the end. Oh, boy. I was so naive a couple hours ago or however long ago it was. Two days. <laughs> Two days ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I am so bummed out how much this movie bummed me out. Um, and also, it... You know, it contains so many cool things, including we didn't even get to mentioning Lily Allen is in it. Oh, Lisa yeah. Bonet great. is great. Joan Cusack. Like, there are all these really um, wonderful performances. I thought I would enjoy the scenes inside the store more. Ooh, that penny situation, really. It just it really stuck in my craw. Continues to. And... Um, I want to like it. I want to give it a four, but at this moment, I'll have to give it a, a, you know, I'll give it two plus a half for Joan Cusack. All right. So half a Cusack can fit a Joan Cusack. I mean. Is that what we're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Just in honor of. I see. It's so the it's, most adorable sack. It's like got her name like embroidered on it or something. Sure, yeah. It just says Joan. Joan. Nice. It's very cute. It's very cute. I'm. I hope you have the imagination to know how cute these angsty Q sacks are. I do now. Excellent. Now that you painted such a beautiful picture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know if my read on this is right or wrong, but I feel like maybe this movie was more important to Molly and I as youths and it is mm. thus more disappointed us yes. in the in the 20 years. Uh, yeah. Beth obviously you haven't seen it but Dan you didn't talk as fondly as as maybe we did. Uh-huh. Um and it's just interesting that maybe it fell from a higher place it was in. But yeah, I think I'm going to put this put this away. I did check to see if I still had the digital video disc and I did not. Ooh. Um Interesting. Yeah, I would be curious to go watch like Gross Point Blake or other John Cusack movies. Yeah. I mean, in that one, like he he's supposed to actually be a bad person, right? Like he's a murderer, assassin. He's an assassin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I actually remember him being more likable in that movie. Yeah, he is. I mean, isn't that kind of the point? Okay, can we watch Gross Point Blank in a year? Yes. Sure. Great. You heard it here first. March 2022. Or sooner if uh, it's someone's, some listener's appreciation vote. Oh, yeah. Get it in. Homeward bound. Yep. (laughs) That's what we've been talking about this whole time. John Cusack is so charming in Homeward Bound. And Joan Cusack is also charming as the bear. Yep. Uh, So we should watch it so Molly can enjoy Joan Cusack as the bear. As the bear in Homeward Bound, the movie mm-hmm. that we all agreed we wish we would watch. Yep, that we all would love to watch 100 times. <laughs> Totes Recall is hosted by Molly Chase, Beth Gibbs, Dan Dequette, and Dan Linden. Produced by Beth Gibbs. New episodes of Totes Recall drop on the 15th of every month. For more information and bonus content, visit us at totesrecall.com. Thank you so much for listening.